presented by Baseline Times Media. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. We are the Shooter Pass Podcast on behalf of Baseline Times. It is the beautiful conference finals going on. Um, not so great um, for me, at least right now. I'm a little depressed. And um, anyways, we're here. We're, we're at the conference finals. Two games in. We're switching cities. Golden State will be hosting. Cleveland will be hosting three and four coming up this weekend. We're excited. On this episode, I am your host, Chevy. I'm joined by two other lame ducks here. Wow. Gabe and Marcus. Mm. Mm. Just going to limp us in like that? Yeah, I think so, like man. A little, I'm, 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 I'm upset. What are you, I'm, I'm what are you LeBron, and where are the rest of the Cleveland? <sighs> Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm carrying this podcast, dude. Calves. I'm carrying this Ow. podcast single-handedly. We need useless calves. You know, it's like I don't, I don't have Kevin Love with me right now. Shout out to Demario. Wow! wow. Oh my god! That hurts. That hurts. I felt that in my soul a little bit. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, man. I'm, Ouch. Kidding. I'm good. I'm good. I'm Gucci. How you guys doing today, man? How's how's it going? <laughs> How I was doing? fine until like two minutes ago. <laughs> Just kidding, man. It's great to hear your voices. We we don't we don't talk every day. It's just nice to hear your voices, and you know, these days folks aren't really as you know face to face and conversational. It's more text and then texting and texting. So it's good to hear you, Gabe. How are you doing down there in South Beach? Man, it's raining like crazy. We got rain nonstop. I don't know what's happening, but other than that. Yeah, I forgot. We're all Florida boys. We're all Florida boys on this podcast, and it's like, damn, man, it's raining. It's all week, all all week, all week here in Orlando. It's raining too. Um, but um, you know what? I really wish would happen is a lot of rain for Cleveland from the three point line, kind of like how Golden State did, or excuse me, the Rockets did in game two. Golden State did did do it in game one, but you know, the Rockets definitely did do that in game two. We'll touch on the. Conference final series here um, coming up. Just a few brief NBA news here with my trio. Um, we'll get into it, man. How, how about that, fellas? Um, the uh, NBA revealed its 2017-2018 finalists for their awards. Uh, we got Mr. Budenholzer announced as the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. And then a little bit of the draft lottery. So we'll get into those topics there. Um, as we swift through this episode and talk about the uh, each of the conference series, of course, towards the end of the show. And, um, of course, I guess I'm lonesome in defending LeBron James towards the end as well. Anyways, I mean, no. I'm the only one here who picked the Celtics. That is true. That is true. I mean, you're going to be wrong, but that's true. Oh, we'll see. Mm. We'll see. All right, LeBron gentlemen. James rise again. Gentlemen, listen. We have some finalists here. Um and here here are the finalists. Uh so uh so with that whole award show, again, we're gonna get the Monday, June twenty fifth, nine PM on TNT. Um they'll announce the official winners of each of these categories. But the finalists are announced and we have the most valuable player award. The finalists are Anthony Davis, James Harden, and LeBron James. How do you guys feel about those finalists? Man, I really, really like James Harden. I think this is just the year. 
Some, I mean, it took it took history being broken last year to not give it to him. I think, I think what he took the Rockets to this year was spectacular. And if he can make a series out of this Golden State, it'll just be even better. So I'm going hard. Yeah, but you know, you know, LeBron James only won one less game than with Kyrie Irving Who needs last Kyrie year. Irving? I'm just saying, you know, a good point was brought up today <laughs> that. You know, uh, you add Chris Paul, you win 64 games, and all of a sudden we're going to, you know, talk talk about James. Look, I honestly, but I'll be honest with you, I, I like James as the MVP. I think James definitely deserves it rightfully. The only issue, though, that I, I would have is that, you know, giving it to him, I, I just don't want it to be like, oh, well, you know, James was almost a co-MVP last year, probably should have been an MVP kind of argument, and we're just going to shoo him in this year. But, I mean, respectfully, LeBron James could could be considered greatly for that. Um, but uh I'll give it to James. I'm okay with that. I mean, James. I think James Harden too. I think I think he had the best season of the three guys. I mean, LeBron, I mean I mean if you do it record wise and team wise, obviously I, I would go with James Harden because he had the best numbers. Um and the Davis is pretty damn good too. So I, I would think it's between them two. I'm not excluding LeBron because I'm a hater because I'm not hating on him. I'm just saying I think James at A D you know, deserve it this year. LeBron's always going to be top dog. He's always going to have right. numbers. You know, it's like, it's almost like routine for him to be in the running. But I think they got to do this, you know, redistribution program where they got to give to somebody else a different year, you know. So I think, you know, James gets it simply because his team was the best team all year. And he was hella good today. I mean, hella good this year, so. All right, the Rookie of the Year finalists, Donovan Mitchell, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum. Uh, if we're looking at the regular season here, uh, of course, like, I- I'm rolling with Ben Simmons, um, most definitely. Uh, I'm going to stick with that. I- I've stick w- stuck with him you know, from the beginning of the season. Uh, I'm going Ben Simmons all the way. Although, Tatum, I- I'm a fan I'm a fan of Tatum. Duke guy, so. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if-, if I had to pick, I'd say Ben Simmons had the best year. I mean, <clears throat> the best numbers. Um, you know, um, even though he's not a real rookie, but, you know, it's another story. No, nah, he's yeah. a real rookie. Um. Donovan Mitchell, I played him in the playoffs, obviously, but it's a regular season award, so Ben did more for his team. So I will give the edge to Ben Simmons, but Jason Tatum, I mean, you can't count him out either. He had a hell of a year. And Brad Stevens, you know, got him playing like the go-to guy. So, you know, hats off to all three, but this is Ben's year. So I think Ben takes it. Absolutely. How about you, Marcus? Out of these finalists, who are you taking? Yeah, man, Ben Simmons, just because it's a regular season award. It was a uh, playoffs. He'd be uh, dead last. So, <laughs> congratulations, Ben Simmons, on your regular season NBA rookie of the year. Uh, you kind of fell up short in the second round, let me down. I was trusting the process. Absolutely. Six Men Award. The finals are Eric Gordon, Fred Van Vliet, and Lou Williams. All Anyone three. but Fred Van Vliet. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he had Eric action. Gordon. Because I don't want anyone from uh, Toronto to celebrate anything. <laughs> <laughs> team is soft. Uh, soft. <laughs> you know what? I, I think I'm going to go with Lou Will this year. I think Lou Will's been a little bit more out there. Um, and I, I think I'll roll with Lou Will. That's fine. Yeah, I think Lou Will. I'm cool with Lou Will. <laughs> I'm cool with him. I'm the true definition of a six-man. It goes to Fred Van Vliet because he was actually a reserve the whole damn year. 
other guys, they had starting times, uh, opportunities. Yeah. They came off the bench. They started. But uh, it doesn't matter. Are you trying to bench um, Simmons I, the sixth man award? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just saying, if you want to say a real six man who it was, oh, it would be Van Fleet. Oh, oh, really? You know what I mean? Because he, he, he played the role to perfection. But if I'm going to pick between the three, I would say Lou Williams is the better, more skilled all-around player. So I'm going to give it to him um, as a top guy. All right. All right. Defensive player of the year. The finalists are Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, and Rudy Gobert. Um, how are you guys rolling with this one? Um, I think this one this was pretty solid. Pretty I think good. it has to be Anthony Davis. I, just because he's the only one who can defend outside of seven feet. You know what? I, I'm, I'm going to agree with that because, well, I can't. I'm saying that because I saw how Joel Embiid was in the playoffs. I think he's more exhausted than anything. But he got kind of lazy in the playoffs. Yeah, Al Horford kind of, you know, taking him to the rack. So, and who's the other guy? Rudy Gobert? Uh, Rudy. I don't know, man. What can you say about Rudy? He's old school. He's a dinosaur. He doesn't belong in yeah. the NBA. But hey, Anthony, didn't Davis have like a stretch where he was averaging like five blocks a game and he was like the team alive? Yeah, pretty disgusting. Yeah, I, I think Davis was it in the last slide because he's just that much better than the rest of them. So. Yeah, I, I'm on board. I'm on board definitely with Anthony Davis. I think that um defensively definitely huge uh for. Uh, the Pelicans there a, a big part of what they're doing defensively. So yeah, shout out to Anthony Davis, man. I'm glad to see him healthy uh, and being able to be on finally. The, uh, yeah, finally, and he's on multiple, you know, of these uh, finalist lists. Like again, the MVP and now Defensive Player of the Year. So yeah, shout out to Anthony Davis. Um, the most improved player we have: Clint Capella, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, and then Victor Oladipo. I think this was pretty clear as day and all obvious. I mean, Victor Oladipo's got to run away with this award, right? I mean, there's absolutely no question about this award. I'm offended <laughs> that no one from the Knicks is on this list. Someone should have said who be on the list. Burst. Oh, nah, he, he, he didn't get much. He didn't get much run to, to warrant that type of attention. He came on late, so. Oh my god! I mean, he was he was That's he was good Nick, when he played, but he New came on too late. Bias. Yeah, That's I know that. Bias. Sure. All right. Anyways, next. Uh, last but not wait, least. Wait. Who, who are the candidates? Uh, was it? It was Dinwiddie. Yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie, oh, Spencer Dinwiddie. and uh, Clint Capella. Depot Capella. Um, yeah, I would go with Capella on this one. I think. Wow. You know, okay. playing with playing with James Harden and Chris Paul. I mean, everything's easy to him. He's improved. Yeah. Know? More points, more blocks. Yeah. You know, I, I'm gonna have to go with him. All right. All right. Uh, I mean, Depot's good too, but you know, I'm gonna go with Capella. Upset. All right. All right. We'll see. Uh, the coach of the year is the last. Uh, finalists uh, here. So we have Dwayne Casey, Quinn Snyder, and Brad Stevens. I will say that I'm rolling all the way with Brad on this one. Did um, Dwayne already win it? Well, no, he won the uh, coaches, coach of the year. Yeah, it was the coaches association that all voted. Um, oh, okay, for okay. A separate award. <laughs> this is the coach of the year, but I, I mean, at this point, <laughs> he won uh, the Golden Globe. He he hasn't won the Oscar. <laughs> at this point, it has to be Brad so Stevens. Bad. I mean, uh, I don't. I, I, I would be yeah, disappointed Brad's if, good. yeah, it'd be it'd be a crap. Could you imagine though if Dwayne Casey won this award? Yeah, <laughs> I would yeah. Know. You, know, you know, you know what they're doing, right? They go look at the playoffs. The season award, but man, he got smoked. Brad Stevens, he's still going. They're not supposed to do that, but you know that's how they think. Brad Stevens still going, you know. So we'll give it to the best coach in the league right now, even though he ain't got no championships. 
they, they, they handle him as the almighty God. But, you know, Brad Stevens, he's doing his thing. Can't hate him. So, we'll, we'll give it to him. Um, he's about to be in the finals, so, you know. Oh, my I God. Mean, you know, some championship first. Everybody's, everybody's handling him so fast. It's like Andrew Luck, you know. Oh, he's the next guy. He ain't that shit yet. We'll see. All right, speaking of coaches, speaking of coaches here, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks hired Mike Budenholzer as the new head coach. Um, so the the Bucks have filled their coaching vacancy. The Knicks have filled their coaching vacancy, and unfortunately, the Orlando Magic have yet to fill their coaching vacancy. Um, on other news though, but Mike saw in officially in um Milwaukee. Um, you know what? It, I don't. Kind of was head scratching to me. I felt obviously Atlanta wasn't going to uh, be anything great anytime soon, but I felt that during his time there, he definitely brought that franchise up a little bit. Um, yeah, obviously you got to move on to new things. It's definitely a rebuilding process in Atlanta. Uh, but he might just kind of see one of those guys that would be you know long term and stick around there, especially. Um, but he seemed like he wanted, uh, in my opinion, the way he wanted his way out because you know the Hawks gave him permission to go seek other interviews at the time. So. Um, definitely a little interesting there, but beyond that, um, I don't know. I, I kind of like this a little bit. I think that um, he's got a nice young core to work with. It's an attractive job, obviously, with Giannis being there. Um, hopefully, you can get to see him play and, and play a little bit better than what we've seen. I mean, just be better holistically, because again, uh, Gabe, I think you can kind of attest to this that I felt they are a little bit underachieving, especially this year. I mean, with the talent they got on the roster, you got Giannis, you got Jabari Parker, you got Middleton, who's a dead-on shooter, the spot-on shooter. You know, those that's your core right there. But you got other guys who can contribute as well. But it's like, yeah, I feel like they underachieved. You got one of the best young guys in the league, and you were AC losing to, was it Toronto? No, no. They lost to, they lose to. Oh, you're Boston, talking about the first-round series? Yes, Boston. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a series – that many of us thought they would win because they had the best player in the series. So, yeah, I mean, who the holes are going there? He has to really show and prove for this team. They got to really be better than AC. So, if he's this coach they think he is, they got to at least get a C5 through one, you know, one of those top seeds right there or four. But, you know, it's kind of a head scratcher to me because, you know, Mike Budahoser in Atlanta, you know, he was fine. They got the best record one year, got smoked by LeBron. But, you know, I mean, I guess he's an okay coach. I guess they – I think they should have waited longer to see who else was available. But, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But they definitely can't be an AC again this year or Giannis will be like, deuces, I'm out. It's a wrap. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot – there's too much talent. I, I think what's great about him is his track record, you know, recently with Atlanta. Um, you know, with the team, he did get four playoff appearances. Obviously – you lost LeBron James quite a lot in that time. Um, he was a coach of the year, though. Um, so yeah, that, that yeah. team did go to the Eastern Conference Finals. He was a coach of the year candidate. I think he's a good pickup, though, overall. Um, but at least it, it, at the same time, um, just getting that team to... He's from the Greg Popovich tree, so I guess they're going after him because of Greg Popovich's Yeah, was. yeah, absolutely. Just getting that's him the doing. ability to... Getting that team the ability to step out and be greater. I think that's the most important thing. And Marcus, how do you feel about this hiring? I mean, yep. they should they should have just hired Becky Hammond. Then I mean, oh. no, I'm not saying Budenholzer is a bad coach. I'm just saying, if you're not gonna win, you might as well try something new. Yeah, but Becky. Well, well, Mike, so, Mike's Mike's winning a little bit, you know. 
But is he going to get you there? I. That's the, that's the big question, Mark. Like I said, like I would. Yeah, that's, 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 that's not the Giannis. That's not the Giannis. Yeah, the number one He's seed. No, I'm talking about before. You know, he had the number one seed. Mm-hmm. He didn't get you there. Yeah, well, you know, there's a, a man named maybe James. Becky Hammond will get you there. Maybe. That's like you know, you know, great coaches always associated with great players. So, but let's not call Tyrone Lee a great coach because he sucks. LeBron was doing all that. But you know how it is. So it's like if he's going to take him to the promised land, I mean, Giannis has to really step up his game. So they gotta somehow get on the same page. Giannis has to, you know, up his game even more. Jabari Parker, I don't know if he's gonna be a starter. I don't know if he's gonna request out of Milwaukee because they don't like his role now. But they gotta get those guys on the same page and you know, come out guns blazing next season. You know, we'll see how it works. But. It's just, like I said, it's just a, it's a man hire, you know. I want to see what he does. He had a good job, a good year in Atlanta, or a good season in Atlanta. I want to see what he does now. He's a better player, because Giannis compared to anybody he had in the Hawks, it doesn't compare. So, absolutely. All right, gentlemen, the NBA draft lottery happened on Tuesday night before Game Two of the Cavaliers Celtics game, and the Phoenix Suns are officially. Winners of the first pick, followed by the Sacramento Kings, Atlanta Hawks, Memphis Grizzlies, number four, number five, Dallas Mavericks, Orlando Magic, number six, Chicago, number seven, Cleveland at number eight, their uh, pick from the Boston, uh, basically from the Kyrie trade, number nine, the New York Knicks, the 10, Philadelphia 76ers, 11, Charlotte Hornets, the Clippers have the 12th and 13th pick, and the Denver Nuggets took the 14th pick to round out the lottery. Um, basically, the Phoenix Suns have, um, a little bit of insight with their Arizona man, DeAndre Ayton, and, uh, how do you guys feel about the draft here, uh, especially, mm, top, top three, top five, Gabe, how do you feel about the lineup there, who would you like to see go number one, based on need as well, maybe just taking us, is there any player that you're, you're like, hey, look, screw what you need. There's definitely a star potential. Just take him right now. Well, from what I hear, <clears throat> um, the guy from uh, uh, Slovenia, um, was it Luka, Luka Doncic or whatever his name is? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm hearing that he has handles. You know, he's one of the best prospects in the draft. He actually got a triple-double over there, which is rare in the European leagues. They don't mm-hmm. get triple-doubles mm-hmm. in the European leagues. So I'm hearing he's this great point guard. He has handles and he can dish the ball. He's you know he's pretty good. Um, so I, I don't know I don't know how they go. Um, but if you get the other guy DeAndre Ayadin, whatever his name is, on those names, you you're adding like another center to the roster. I understand you might release Alex Lynn or Chandler or Williams or Chris. I mean you got so many guys on that team that play the same position. So if I if I if I think a direction they should go in. They should get the guy from Slovenia. That's if he's ready to come to the U.S. Because I heard reports that he might not want to leave yet. But um, I mean that's my take on the Phoenix Suns. So, all right. I mean I agree for the most part. Absolutely. Um, you know don't overstock. But at the same time, I mean if if that's the way you feel about that one particular player, um, in my opinion, I don't think that there's anybody. That desperate, out, yeah, desperate to say, look, this guy right here, this that's the LeBron right there of this draft. That's definitely exactly. going to be the next guy right there. We got to take number one for sure. Um, so I, that's the the, in my opinion, the toughest part about this draft to say, you know, with your top five picks, 
you know, there could be some guys coming in in the top ten, you know, that come out and be a little bit greater than somebody in the, the like in the last recent years. Just because someone goes number two, three, four, or five doesn't mean they're going to be exactly. as great as somebody taking a little bit later in the draft. And I, I think that you know, um, it's un- a lot of people. I'm not going to call myself a draft expert or, or you know, from yeah, what I've read and said it is seen it online is that it, this is a deep draft and I, I truly believe it based on people who pay more attention than the experts that looked at this draft but at the same time at the end of the day I don't feel like it's going to be you know anybody's star potential that's going to say Phoenix can say you know I don't care he, he's a center we got five centers on the team but we're taking you know Aiton <laughs> because you know he's gonna he's just stands out but I, I agree with that that's the way you know it, it, that I feel about this draft so far as for me personally being at the sixth spot for Orlando um, ah, uh, mm, I don't know. Please don't get Trey Young. I'm not a Trey Young fan. Just simply put, um, you know, I, obviously there'll be a lot of tension on him, um, because there is right now. Um, so if we do draft him, and he very well can can fall in that spot. Um, Marcus, New York Knicks fan, how do you feel about a ninth pick? Anybody born in America? <laughs> so I mean, you have somebody against taken, European players. Yeah, you're taking, right. We've taken all <laughs> right. these foreign players. No offense. Only one of them's really panned out that great. I mean, I know Frank, you know, didn't really play. So, you know, the jury's still out on him. But I don't know, man. Draft history says we probably should take someone here first. Give, you know, give our boys a chance. Kind of sound like a fucking Republican or something. <laughs> uh, I, I will say this. It's very interesting that a lot of big men are coming out in, in this these uh pre-draft, these mock drafts. Um DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley, um, you're looking at you know Jaron Jackson, uh Muhammad Bamba, you know, the uh Wendell Carter, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. These guys, these are big men. They're not necessarily guards. So that I think this is really interesting. Um it could be a deep draft for a lot of big men, of course. I, I can see that. Um, the potential, um, you know, Miles Bridges, he plays more of a small forward, uh, power forward position. Um, and he's kind of projected the bodies. Maybe you guys, uh, Marcus of the Knicks, maybe I just want a dynamic swingman for one time to be on the Knicks in my life. And and Chevy said, this is a big man draft now. See, like I said, I don't pay attention to it either as much, but the guys you mentioned, are they like shooters? Are they big, you know, big shooters or like, are they in a post? Like, what do they do? Because the way the NBA is going today, if you're like between the range of six eight and six ten, you know, you're perfect for today's NBA because of your versatility and your speed, and whether you can shoot the ball or not. So, are these bigs are they shooters? Like, what do they do? Well, yeah, they have that that game where they can go ahead and knock down a jump shot. Obviously, it's something that's not consistent. Like, Aiton can knock down a jump shot, but he's more he's going to obviously be a defensive force. So, a lot of defensive force. While mm-hmm. all right, we can go ahead and hit a little jumper. Um, with the size that someone has, they could dominate underneath the basket. Um, the only you know guards that we're looking at here is in the top ten right now is projected is probably Trey Young. Uh, all, all you know, obviously Luka Doncic. Um, he's gonna be the you know him and Trey Young are probably the only guards in the top ten I'm looking at right now. Projected he's like six eight, I believe, right? Yeah, Luka. Yeah, and Luka's big. Yeah, Luka's a big, big guy. guy. It's not like he's short whatsoever, but he's more or less gonna mm-hmm. play as a guard. Um, and then you do have uh Mikhail Bridges. He plays as a shooting guard, small forward for Villanova. But at the same time, I mean, he can play a guard spot. And then Colin Sexton, if he goes uh, in the top ten, you know, right now in some drafts he's projected to go eleven, twelve. Other drafts, uh, mock drafts, he's projected to go in the top ten. 
That's a point guard. That that's really the only point guard that's <laughs> you know, we, we talk about how saturated this point guard market is in the NBA. Um, but yeah, it's a little shift in terms of the tides here. And I think that obviously everyone's like, Okay, we got our guards or we've got enough guards, but what about, you know, getting some rebounding, wings. some some wings, yeah. um, getting yeah. some, you know, defensive um liability, you know, def- a lot of defensive liability down low or, you know, not enough shot blocking. Um, I think a lot of teams, you know, tend to move away from that obviously because these fellas can't shoot but if you put a jump shot on one of these guys boom you put a jump shot on them they can knock it down especially from you know three every now and then all right we'll throw you out there go ahead and knock your free throws down give us a few blocks a game call it a night so we'll see you know obviously a lot more come a lot more to come with this um draft here and we'll definitely look into that but yeah i think it's a bit definitely a big man draft in my opinion looking at a lot of what's going on and some of the projections of these guys and where they need to go. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I want y'all to go ahead and check out the JKO Collection. It's not just a brand, it's a lifestyle. The JKO Collection features a men's collection, a woman's collection, and the newly added kids collection. That's right, a kids collection. Check out JKO at jkocollections.com. It's not just a brand, it's a lifestyle. JKOcollections.com. Check them out. All right, gentlemen. Um, with that being said, we have the wonderful Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals, and there are some interesting things going on. I will start with the Western Conference Finals here. We have the Rockets and Warriors tied one game apiece. Uh, the Houston Rockets were able to tie the series up. Uh, they did go ahead and take game two uh, by 22 points, I believe. 127 to 105. And um, it was just an absolute slaughter um, for the Houston Rockets. Now, game one, a little bit disappointing for them. Um, the good part about game one is that they were able to come back in game two, take a little bit of some of the opportunities they missed out on and, and, and capture those and, and, also play a lot better, um, especially the d- d- defensively. Um, Gabe, what's your thoughts so far? Uh, two games in, the Rockets, you know, did their thing. Um, sh- should we be concerned if you're Golden State just a tad bit, a little, a little tad, tiny? Well, if, if I'm Golden State, no. And I say that because look, look what it took for the Rockets to beat Golden State. Trevor Reason had a hell of a night. Um, I think Eric Gordon shot the ball well. Um, P.J. Tucker had a hell of a night. So, you know, Chris Paul, James Harden, they did whatever they do, which is, you know, the normal routine. But I feel like if Houston has a chance to win this series, those guys got to put those numbers up consistently to beat the Golden State Warriors. So do I think the Warriors are concerned? No, because they know those guys will not do that, what, four out of seven games in a series. They can give you one, maybe two good games like that, but I don't think Golden State is concerned about it. Say, okay, these boys, they're at home in front of the home crowd. You know, they want to make sure they don't go down 0-2 so they go come out firing, which they did. And, you know, they embarrassed Golden State, cutting to the basket. The spacing was better. Everybody's running around, a lot more passes. So they did what they should have did in game one. Now, with Golden State, the reason why I say they're not concerned is because they have four guys on that roster. Let's say, like, Steph Curry, for example, he's been average so far, first two games. But Clay Thompson went off game one. Kevin Durant was nasty yesterday, late in the games. He was disgusting in game one. So it's like they got multiple guys, Draymond Green, uh, uh, Iguodala, West off the bench. 
So if they're, like, I guess main core guys aren't playing well, we have a lot more guys that can step up consistently and get you points, you know, and do all little stuff too. I don't see the Rockets, you know, core guys doing that other than Chris Paul, Capella, and James Harden. So it's almost like it's, uh, I guess, two and a half on four or five. So that's why I don't think the Golden State Warriors are concerned. I'm pretty sure Steph's going to come back in game three and just light it up at home. And, you know, it's remind everybody, hey, I'm back. You know, and they're going to pretty much take the series, I would say, in like six games. But, yeah, Golden State, concerned? No. Houston, you know, they got to do it more consistently. Wait, here's a couple of things. First and foremost, everyone's surprised by P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker's actually having a great playoffs. He's shooting the ball he 51%. Is. He's shooting the deep ball 48%. Um, and, he, you know, he, he's getting the job done. He's more in there for a defensive purpose. But I, I uh, guess it's more an indictment on Trevor Ariza because he has, he's been trashed. So I guess maybe it's more of Trevor Ariza and Eric Gordon. Those guys showed up. They have they've been pretty bad in the playoffs so far. Well, and absolutely, and, and like I said, they, those guys haven't been shooting the ball. Like PJ Tucker is the only guy, but you know, beyond in the yeah, role players, he's the only guy that was, that was shooting over forty percent from the three point line. That's true. And last yeah, night he true. just showed why he was getting the shots and deserved to take those shots. Um, that corner three was just automatic for him. They found him. Easy. He knocked him down. Um, so shout out to PJ Tucker, man. By the way, if you guys caught him on um inside the NBA with his shiny ass shirt. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you, you got to catch that <laughs> clip. By the way, very funny. Yeah. Uh, him and Shaq, uh, you know, obviously Chuck was hating on it, but um, uh, <laughs> but no, no, no. In all seriousness, no. You know, first and foremost, what I want to say is PJ Tucker came up big. He did what he had to do. Um, you know, yeah. obviously a little more extravagant in, in game two. I mean, you know, he knocked down a five of six. Now, normally, you know, in the playoffs so far, what he's averaging um right now. You know, he's taking four three-pointers, and he's hitting two of them. He's taking about four or five and hitting about two of them, about 50%, right? Almost 50% of, of the shot, of the threes he's taking. So, I mean, he, you know, he got the opportunity, he got the shots. Look, I said this. In my season preview, or pre, uh, excuse me, uh, series preview, what I did say is that this team can make that, uh, excuse me, the Rockets team can make that Warriors defense scramble. They had the opportunity to do that in game one. They couldn't do it. They played too much one-on-one basketball, obviously. Iso, too yeah, too much ISO with James Harden. They came out in yeah. game two. They played more with more ball movement. I mean, there was a sequence in the second quarter where that ball went from one side to the other. Five guys. Yeah, back up to the top. Like, wow. And there's Eric Gordon bombing a three, you know, from deep. I mean, deep. Mm-hmm. again, we, we mentioned this earlier, you know, in, in a few episodes. It, it's a team-oriented game now that's just successful in winning. It, th- these guys are just... Two one on one, and you know we can kind of, we'll get it get into the the Celtics and you know uh series the Cavaliers in a little bit about LeBron doing everything, but these these one on one these hey I'm the best player I'm gonna go do this. That's not how it works. These it's days. not, not working out right now. It's really not working yeah. out, and I think the proof is in the pudding. We're seeing that, and out of both series, you know Golden State kind of yep. did their thing in Game One. Um, this Houston um Houston did it in Game Two. We're gonna continue to see that, and that's why I said this game can this uh series can go potentially seven games just because it's whatever team's popping up. The, my other rule of thumb is whichever team's going to go ahead and hit, you know, 100 points first. Um, the Rockets hit that yeah, with yeah. ease last night. They held the yeah. they held the Golden State Warriors to uh, almost under 100 points. I mean, the Warriors didn't hit their 100 point until about a couple minutes left in the game in garbage minutes anyways. So yep. defensively, they stepped up. Um, shout out to the Rockets, though, for stepping up playing a team-oriented yes, game this time. Um, Trevor Reza had 19 points. P.J. Tucker finished with 22 points in game two. Um, Harden had 27 points on nine of 24 shooting. 
and they still won by 20 something, you know, points, 22 points. Paul didn't have the greatest game. If you look at the end of the day, he only had 16 points. He only had four rebounds and six assists. But in the end, that's that's actually better if he does it that way and the other guys are involved. So it's like, okay, I can do less. And if my teammates are involved, that means we're having a good game. So if he continue to stay around there and the other guys are getting more shots up and they're making more shots, Paul will take that any day. And Eric Gordon, huge. Six of nine from the three-point line, 27 points off the bench for the Rockets. So it's not like these guys... You know, uh, I I think the shot comes around, but unfortunately, what's going to be interesting is when the shots aren't falling. Of course, you know, you you stick with the course, you stay your course, you move the ball. Um, but I I just think these two teams are just overly high powered when it comes to shooting. They just they're just going to get their shots. It's you know, like I said, I I didn't think it needs to be too much of a shootout uh, for the Rockets, but um, they got to make the, those the, the Warriors scramble. They look so lost, and then here it is. I'm going to say it. I'm tired. I'm tired of when Steph Curry... I'm tired. I'm, I'm asking him tired. He's injured. Who? What? Where? We're not allowed to say that... We're not allowed to say anything about Curry. But he's... I'm tired of this, dude. I'm absolutely tired. It, 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 the scapegoat is the injury. But l- l- let me go ahead and look back on the first round... Uh, excuse me, the second round series and the, the three or four games that he played. There was no excuses. Everybody was ranting and raving about the Warriors... Warriors going to do this, this, that. They're going to get to the Rockets, beat the Rockets, but now Steph Curry's injured. Dude, he cannot. Eh. It is no. one of the greatest things I'm seeing out of Mike D'Antoni right now is that he's getting the switches. They're going directly at him. They're going and guess right what? at him. Switching guess all what? The, time. the weapons are absolutely working. You have Chris Paul and James Harden. There's no just, hey, Kyrie, let's switch J.R. Smith on him. There's no, you know, um, Drew Holiday, let's switch Rondo on him, you know, yeah. or Etwan Moore on him. You know, no, no, no. You're you're switching and you're you're getting Chris Paul and or James Harden. Mm-hmm. So gotta work. They're working him. So please, can we stop with the Steph Curry excuses? He just can't <laughs> play defense. He just can't. He's gonna look. I'm not gonna discredit Curry. He's gonna be one of the greatest shooters ever. Probably the best. He's gonna be one of the best point guards and ever to play the game. But come on, man. Overall, stop cooked on defense. You know, he, he's getting cooked. He's getting cooked. What do you say, Marcus? Isn't he getting cooked? I mean, Steph's never been known as a defensive prowess. This team was built around Steph, so everyone else plays defense. He can get kind of uh, cloaked most of the time. But Houston actually has, you know, a roster full of offensive weapons where he can't just be hit off on one player regardless. So usually when he just switch off on a lesser shooting guard, or lesser point guard, or maybe even a small forward, who maybe not is as offensively capable as a guard against Houston. He really can't because Ariza can shoot, Paul can shoot, Harden can shoot, back off anybody. Yep. I mean, it's just atrocious to watch and see. It's here's this guy that's just he's getting cooked. <laughs> I, I I mean, I look, mean, it, it wouldn't be as bad if people didn't make excuses. Where he like went to school, man. Like he didn't have to guard nobody. <laughs> Yeah, but like it wouldn't be as bad if you get excuse. Like it's like you, it's like forbidden to talk about him, and, and if he can't play defense, oh no, his ankle's bad. No, no, his ankle's bad because he's getting getting cooked by James Harden and Chris Paul. Like <laughs> it, this, they're, they're breaking, literally breaking his ankles on the spot. That's the only reason why he's injured. I, I'll, I'll then I'll accept the injury excuse. But uh, going forward, I'll, he's not. He's not. I mean, anybody who played this game of basketball and watched this game of basketball understands. Like, no, he, he just can't guard anybody right now. That's put up against them, and they're doing such a great job. 
Um, they did a yeah. little bit of it, you know, in game one, kind of went away from it. Um, but you know, in this part of the game where he sits out and you know, he's got to because that lineup that's in there for the Rockets is just hitting, and they they need a little more length and size in there. I mean, I don't know. Like Marcus said. Everybody can shoot, so you can't really hide him anywhere. So he has to work. He has to actually play defense, and he can't just you know sit around. Oh, I'm gonna take uh, PJ Tucker. Nah, he go he go smoky too. So it's like he has to go. And speaking of the Rockets, they got this new small lineup. You've seen it, right? Yes. Where it's um they take Capella out, and it's like Ariza is almost like the five, and you got Tucker, you got Chris Paul, Harden, and Gordon. I mean, they did that in the second half, or I think it was the second half of last game, or yeah. a lot of that game. That that could work. That could that could work. So I want to see. Well, it's funny because I think that what happened in Game One, the rock the the Rockets, you know, were seeing that they the the, the Warriors just curved what started to go small, and then here's Game mm-hmm. Two. The adjust that's the beauty of this game and watching these series. The adjustments happen, and D'Antoni says, "Hey, wait a minute. You know what? We've got to count. We're gonna go small too. We, we, yeah. We're gonna go small, and we're gonna make this work. And guess what? <laughs> you saw it work crazy. last night. And I mean. <laughs> The defense was scrambling. I, I don't think I've seen the Warriors scramble that much defensively in a very long time. I mean, these guys were... I don't want any excuses. You got to just try to outscore Golden State. That's what they have to do. Like exactly. they, they really don't have any other option. But the problem is Golden State not used to having another team have maybe five people be hot on a night. And that's just what happened. But, and and it's then, like Houston, they abandoned the pick and roll because that was all they were doing. So it's like, okay... We're going to go away from the pick and roll, and we're going to bring these five guys in and make them spread the floor. So that way you can't just hunt in the lane and stay with Capella. Everybody has to come out. Everybody has to guard somebody. So the opens up the driving lanes, and they can just kick it off. Boom, boom, boom. Three-point shot. So it's it's good. I like it. Hopefully they continue to do it in this game. And, and another thing is here, no other Golden State Warriors scored in double, fig- double figures besides Stephen Curry with uh, 16 points. Durant led the way, 13 on 22, 38 points. Look, they actually gave him what I like to call the Braun treatment a little bit. They said, here you go, Kevin Durant. Here's the lane. Oh, you want to shoot over us? Go right ahead. You can go ahead and beat us, but guess what? Curry's not going to beat us. Clay Clay Thompson, he's going to shoot three of 11. He's going to score eight points. Draymond Green's going to take five shots, only hit on two and score six points. Your starter, Andre Iguodala, he's only going to be two for four. That's what they said. Your bench, that's true. That's your bench players, no, right. no, no, your bench players, no, 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 they're not gonna do much. You're gonna have Sean Livingston come off the bench and only score five points. Their bench was terrible, absolutely terrible. But you know what? They're gonna go back at home. I don't think they're gonna, you know, obviously Draymond Green's not gonna have a two for five night. Clint Thompson definitely is not gonna have a three for eleven night. One for eight uh, for Curry from the three point line. That's not gonna happen. And we'll, we'll, let's be honest. Let's, we'll be obvious and honest with a lot of this. It's not gonna happen. But um, I think it's the beauty that the back and forth and why this this series can go seven games. Uh, with that being said, I'm still confident in my pick. Thank you for that beautiful game to Houston. Uh, Marcus, how you, how do you feel about the series? Does this kind of shift a little bit of your prediction, or are you, you're going to stand no, pat? I'm still saying Golden State in six. I thought, yeah, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't think this was going to be a clean series for either team. Like, clearly no team was be- clearly better than the other in this series. So it's going to be rough games like this for either side. I'm I'm just excited to watch it going forward. How about you, Gabe? No, yeah, I'm I'm gonna stay with what I said too. I think the Warriors still winning six, but I'm eager to see if this new small ball lineup that the Antonio's throwing out there is gonna work in the long run. So I'm I'm waiting for Game Four Three. I got I gotta see this. I'm happy for it. All right, so we'll see. Game Three is going to be 
in Golden State. Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is the tip-off. So, again, we're on a little break here. Um, slowly but surely, basketball winds down. Um, but that series will tip off in the Bay for Games 3 and 4. Um, game 4 is going to actually be on Tuesday, and that's a 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tip-off on TNT. Um, so 3 and 4 in the Bay. All right, gentlemen, we'll head to the east side of things here and end the show off. The Boston Celtics are up 2-0 against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Marcus, damn, shifts. you got that what you got? <sighs> Series shifts to uh, Cleveland. LeBron has Saturday walked night. into South Boston and is getting mugged. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, oh, Ramon, man. he's not happy. Ramon's not mm, happy mm, right mm, now. Mm, LeBron mm, Ramon James walked onto a plane to Boston <laughs> and was the only one on the plane. <sighs> yep. He was like, "Okay, maybe if I get my forty-point triple double, it's a it's a sure win." Nah, son. Kevin nah, Love nah, hopped nah. on for a second. He was on the boat. Uh, you well, know, I don't I know. these these waters might be too rough for Kevin Love. I don't know. Probably. I heard this crazy stat. JR JR Smith had more technical fouls than points. <laughs> Cleveland's black court is non existent. Oh. Italy almost got cooked by Indiana. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean if, if they're not careful, they'll get swept. You know? I, I'm I'm so mad that I went with Cleveland thinking they would just go just carry I'm over from the Toronto did. series. I mean, carry over from the Toronto series and come to Boston and teach them a lesson. Look, you're not ready yet, you're a pretender. But man, this Cleveland Cavaliers like supporting cast. Ouch. Like what are they doing? I mean cast, you I can mean, call them cast. I don't know if they're sporting. Yeah, I guess so. It was like it was it was so many plays in that game where like let's say the, the Celtics shot the ball and it was a second chance point. The Cavaliers all looked checked out. They were standing around. I think it was a Jalen Brown or Terry Rozier. Walk for the basket for a layup or a dunk. I'm like, God, I man, y'all y'all ain't doing nothing right. Y'all just y'all gave up. They gave up. So, wow, it, it, was, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Well, I, w- I will say this. Um, you know, the piggyback off of that game, we have LeBron who, you know, he he just stood in the pain and watched. I, I believe it was Rozier just pop a three and bang one out. You know, that that was like, I think, in the fourth, late third quarter or some, somewhere there. And it's just, uh, I, I don't know, man. It's it's hard to watch. Picking Cleveland at five. Eh, Cleveland at six. <laughs> Cleveland in six. And by the way, you know what's so funny? Um, a lot of people have a lot to say on Facebook. Uh, we're we're going to get them to listen to our show. So, for once, listen to our goddamn show and what we have to say about things. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm posting links. I'm posting links to the podcast. I'm, I'm done. I'm done typing. I'm done talking. Come see me on the show. <laughs> Real talk. Yeah, it's just, it's come see me on the show. You come listen. Anyways, come talk, um, come talk to me with my right I will say this though, uh, Boston, Boston, um, a little bit, a little bit, you know, um, a little bit more easy to be at home. Um, you know, if you're hosting them, of course. I mean, so for Cleveland, they're at home. I think they'll they'll be able to. It's important. It's important to go back. It's important to go back in Game Five, tying up the series. No way in hell you can go down three one. No way you can lose game three. They're not built like that to come back from series like this. LeBron, Ramon James will come back, Gabe. Don't worry about it. He'll come back. 
But the thing is, like I said, look, I always say this in the group chat. Like, it's it, like I always say, oh, LeBron's tanking, and they kill me. Oh, he's not tanking. He's putting up all these numbers. The, the numbers for LeBron, they come so effortlessly. He can do those things in his sleep. And you can't point the finger to him because it's easy for him. But, you know, he, like I said, there's some defensive plays. I understand he's tired. He's doing everything on offense. But there's some defensive plays where he was just like, ah, screw this. You know, guys, Jalen Brown, for one, he was cooking them. So I'm like, man, he must either he's exhausted or he just doesn't give a damn because he could put up a 40-point triple-double and they still get beat by almost 20 points. So it's like, oh, you can't point to LeBron because he put up good numbers. But was he trying 110% the whole game? Probably not. I mean, it's understandable why he's not trying 100% or 10% because his teammates suck. So it's like, why am I going to carry you bums if I'm doing all of this and you guys ain't doing nothing for me? So it's like, he should come out in game three and do what Kobe did against the versus Phoenix Suns. Let all the teammates shoot the ball. Just let them shoot only. Don't shoot once. Just let them all shoot the ball. You pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball, let them all shoot and see what happens. I mean, they'll probably get smoked by like well, 50 points. Well, like I said, you know, when it comes down to the Boston Celtics out of the um, road games they played in the playoffs so far, uh, they played a total of three in Milwaukee. Uh, which they've lost, yeah, at home. and then at home, also yeah. in Philly they lost one. So they are a little bit better at home and better home team. Um, and I certainly think there's still an opportunity for Cleveland to come tie this up. And you know, obviously they'll have to take one in Cleveland. Uh, excuse me, in Boston. But um, no, you know what? I'm still confident that Cleveland can still win the series. Obviously, with having a player of LeBron James, um, you know, and, and J.R. Smith can. Jared Smith's got to go. Jared Smith's got to go. I would like to see a little bit more of Nance and uh, Jordan Clarkson. Just a little bit of the younger guys. I mean, I understand you have the Tristan you Thompson trust experience. Them. They're young. Well, you know what? Athletic. Yeah, but Jared Smith ain't done nothing either. So why not try him? What, you got you got, got Jr. Smith over here. I mean, what exactly? What what are you gonna have to lose with with a Jr. Smith shooting like that? Other than the series, but it's like, what do you have to lose if you play Jordan Clarkson? I think Jordan Clarkson's a better shot creator anyway. I mean, he's not great. But I, I think he can get his shot more than J.R. Smith ever could. So it's like, why is Tyron Lue playing? He's thinking, or, or, or better yet, why was he thinking with J.R. Smith when Kyle Korver had the better point total? But Korver played, I think, 21 minutes. J.R. played 27 or 28 minutes. So why are you going with J.R. Smith? Go back to Kyle Korver. He's the better shooter. He can run around the court, drag defenders with him, get him tired, and he can pop off the dribble. Like, why is he thinking with J.R. Smith? He's not a defensive player. He's a very streaky shooter. Tyron Lue in his coaching rotations, it's really, it's really puzzling. I mean, he he's not a good coach. He and then your, your backcourt shoots one from eleven. J.R. Smith and George Hill, one for eleven from the field. Look, you get a little boost from that backcourt, a little better efficiency scoring wise. Then you know, I mean, not to fault Kevin Love. You know, Kevin Love had a decent game, twenty two points, fifteen rebounds. It wasn't like you know, and that's what quiet, we quiet double double. It's a quiet, but that's what we expect. It's like Caleb, you okay, 22 and 15 on the box score. Okay, you know what? You know, LeBron, you did this thing. You know, but Kevin Love came in. Even that's not enough. And we obviously know it's not. Um, it's got it's gotta be it's gotta be some it's gotta be some help for LeBron. You know, I think the team series. is actually worse before the trade. I think the the team they had before the trade was probably a little bit better. With Derrick Rose, you know, I mean it's sad to say that, but I think if Derrick Rose is in this series, I mean, he'd be doing a lot more than Hill, Smith. Corver and Clarkson combined. Oh, so no, like, you know, you might be right, but this is the cards you dealt. 
These so, are the cards you're you know, dealt right now, and uh, this is what we have. But uh, moving forward, yeah. I... now Gabe, you did pick the Cavaliers. You still confident the Cavaliers taking uh, the series, or are you, I'm, I'm, you, you selling I'm not out? Gonna the, I'm not gonna change the pick. No, I'm gonna say because you know they got LeBron James. It's hard to bet against LeBron James. The minute you doubt him, he comes back and does some crazy crap. So it's like I'm gonna still say the Celtics. I mean the, the Cavs. Damn, now it's like two zero. Celtics. I, I said the Cavs in six, I believe. So they got to win four straight. Damn. Mm. I, I'm I'm gonna stick with it, but I think. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. You're changing now, man. You know what I'm saying? You don't. You, I, I, go I'm ahead. gonna say I'm gonna say this, the Celtics in five. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> love it. I'm just changing. I'm changing the pick now. My official. I love the pick. Was love... So, but yeah, I mean, you know. Like I said, the Al Horford's better at home than he is on the road, so maybe Tristan Thompson can do something at home and maybe play Larry Nance more for athleticism. But they got they gotta they gotta outwork these young athletic guys from the Celtics. So stop playing old ass J.R. Smith. Maybe don't play Corver. Play, you know, just just trot out Hood, Clarkson, and freaking Larry Nance. See how they do. Kevin Love. You know, play those guys and see what they can give you. And go from there. Well, I, I just say at least defensively, the the Celtics would force LeBron into you know, uh, uh, unlike LeBron game, and I think game one was that game. So so for moving forward, I don't think you'll see a bad game on LeBron. Absolutely, you know, moving moving on. No, it. exactly can't afford it. At the same time, he, uh, he had his one bad game. It's over. So now that it happens, come on guys, let's let's get something going. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Cavs and Six. I mean, most likely it might have to be seven games, but I mean so, shut out Cavs. So, so they win it four straight? They possible. win it four straight. Anything is possible, fellas. We'll see what happens. Not um, everything. You know, anything <laughs> is possible. Anything is possible. But um okay. that is it, fellas. We we did we did go ahead and get a little update there for you folks out there and uh at this time, any shout outs, my friends? Uh, I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna I'm shout out the WWF Attitude Era. For whatever reason, I was watching a whole bunch of old school YouTube clips. Man, yeah. wrestling was so much better back, at least for me, it was you know, from the 97 yes. to like 2002. It was the best time to watch wrestling. I was the biggest fan. I mean, so many superstars. So, shout out to the Attitude Era. Shout out to the attitude there. That's what's up. All right, cool. All That's right, there. Gabe. There, the attitude there. Okay, Gabe. All right, Marcus. What's up, man? Any shout outs? Shout out to Anthony Davis. I think is it? Shouldn't he be on most improved player? I don't know. He, he could be on a lot of lists. <laughs> man just took 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 nor took a whole team on his back and just oh. man, his end of the end of the year run is spectacular. Shout out to him. And of course, certain New York sports organization that is on top of their game right now. Everyone needs to go watch Yankee baseball. It's the best thing you'd be doing right now. Oh, man. <laughs> See that swerve at the end? Uh, that was the attitude era swerve there. Uh. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways. Libra Torres, uh, for president. Huh. Hmm. I, I really, I really don't have any kind of crazy uh, shout outs to be honest with you guys. Actually, you know what? I don't really have any shout outs. 
I just want to LeBron James tie the series up. I got a lot of haters. Uh, you know what? Shout out to my haters. That's what it is. Shout out to the haters, man. <laughs> Shout out to you guys. You well, keep me doing you. this. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, get off the show, Gabe. Okay? Next show, you're you're done. That's it. <laughs> Should have never traded away Dwayne Wade. Be uh, you know what? You know what? I'm, I'm gonna shout to the haters at this episode, man. A lot, a lot of the haters. Had Dwayne and trolls. Wade and Derrick Rose. Uh, it was better. I think. different. No, nah, but I, I want to shout out to I want to shout out to um and also uh James James Harden man shout out to James Harden guys man shout out to Chris Paul though for real though shout out to Chris Paul man I like to see he, he's hungry I can tell he's hungry man I think I think yeah. he's hungry I see it in him that he definitely wants to ball out uh and, and get this W man and get get to a final it's a little taste of you know what it's like because what's gonna happen is you know he could potentially just lose LeBron James but you know um shout out to, shout out to Chris Paul man. You know, Chris Paul's career trajectory, if he gets traded to one more team, he's a journeyman. He'll win the finals. <laughs> he's each team he gets traded to. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That is really interesting. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. So the next team will be Chris Paul's next chance. Absolutely. Oh, I see what you said. Okay, I got so it. So he, he needs to go to the Knicks. Oh. Be him, LeBron, and Chris Paul. Oh my goodness. Hopefully the next time we talk, the Magic have a coach. <laughs> you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna beg Stan Van Gundy. And he's gonna come back. His. Reunion. Dwight Howard go come back and everything. You know, so be 2010 all over again. Yo, Dwight Howard was low key balling this year. He was actually. Yeah, he was, he was having a decent year. Yeah. Low key balling this year. Decent year. All right, gentlemen. So we're gonna have a fun weekend of NBA basketball. Game yes, three, and then next week we'll kick off the games four. And before you know, we will be talking about the NBA Finals. Yep. Word. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the Shooter Pass podcast. Check us out. BaselineTimes.com.